Grief Stories is not a crisis resource. Please seek support from a qualified professional in your area to meet your unique emotional and medical needs. You are listening to the Grief Stories podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Pollard, a social worker with an interest in helping people find hope and healing when someone they love has died. In each episode, you'll hear a real person sharing their story of loss and the insights they have gained that help them on their journey with grief. At Grief Stories, we're helping grief make sense one story at a time. This episode is part of a series of conversations that challenge common myths and misconceptions around grief. Welcome to the Grief Stories podcast. Today's guest is Yvonne Heath, who's a nurse turned author, speaker, and change maker. She's written a book called Love Your Life to Death about how to be ready for challenges in life. Welcome to the podcast, Yvonne. How are you doing today? I am delighted to be here, Maureen. Thank you for asking me. And as I always say, I'm just living the dream here in Muskoka, even though it's snowing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> on this snowy Monday, you're living ah. the dream. Uh, thanks. That's great. And we're really glad to have you. So today, what we wanted to talk about is this um, idea that uh, grief is so big and so powerful that it needs to be left to professionals to handle grief support. Mm-hmm. And we, we want to kind of take that myth apart that only professionals can support people in grief and uh, talk about what's really real in um, and uh, and how we can show up for people in grief, right? Love so, it, yes. Yeah, what are your thoughts about that? Well, you know, I, I have lots of thoughts on it, but I know we have a limited time, so I will have to just, <laughs> with, you know, 27 years of nursing and then taking that leap of faith uh, five years ago, leaving my nursing career, transitioning it, I really actually, once a nurse, always a nurse, um, but I've heard hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories. And, you know, it's interesting because in the last five years, the, my greatest aha moment in interviewing people is everyone, the majority of people say when someone is grieving in a crisis, suffered a loss, they're like, oh, I don't know what to do. And I don't know what to say. So we avoid afraid to do or say the wrong thing. And Right. We've all been there. I've done that. Haven't right. We've all done that. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a common response. What do I do? What do I say? How am I going to help? And, and, and how soon can I get away from this pain that this person's in? Absolutely. And we're so ill prepared for grief ourselves and we're so uncomfortable. So, you know, I'm going to say a little tough love. Sometimes we hide behind that. And so we avoid, 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 avoid. And, and it's interesting because I realized in, in moments in my life where I was grieving excessively, either, you know, I, I share openly, my son went down a very dangerous road of drugs and addiction. I've had a miscarriage as well. I've, I was divorced all of these times when I needed my village. I mean, even, even if you need a professional, you also need your village, your family, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, Uh to to support you through your journey. You know, you don't always want paid professionals when you're sad. That's right. Yeah. So, so my new focus truly is to help people to, to prepare for navigate for grief um, and life challenges before they arrive. Like we don't have a foundation, right? We don't have coping skills and strategies. We don't know how to just show up for ourselves and each other and really, why would we? We do not, we are not proactive when it comes to 
knowing what to do or say. We wait till we're in a crisis. And then we kind of like, oh, gosh, there's Joe, you know, his wife just died or his son went to jail or something terrible happened. And you you have that awkward. Hi, Joe. How are you? And you're just praying Joe's going to say he's fine. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, please, Joe, just give me the standard answer. And why would we know how to do better? We do not talk about it before and we can do better. We really can. So that's my mission. Right. And so part of what you do now is you go out in the world and you educate people and you educate people about, you know, what are some of the things we can say? What are some of the things we can do and and break it down into to actual tasks that help people get more comfortable with this uncomfortable sensation of grief and, and uh, anticipatory grief? Absolutely. And I was thrilled and delighted to be able to uh, take the stage in Rillian and share and do a TED Talk, uh, which I'm so pleased about because it literally it's like the message in 14 minutes. Right. And and mm-hmm. and it's just we, we actually after I wrote my book, which I felt it was an incredible book, it changed my life. And I can say it's incredible because I shared other people's stories, ages 11 to 101, and I realized in sharing our stories, we heal ourselves and each other. And after that, I thought, you know, I want to be able to reach people of all ages. And and that's where we created the I Just Showed Up movement, which teaches people of all ages how to just show up for themselves and each other so they are empowered and resilient when grief arrives. And here's the big thing for anyone who's listening. Here's the good news. It is not your job to fix it. (laughs) Yeah, it can't be fixed. Right? Right? Right. You can't fix grief. When you acknowledge and allow it and support and love a person through it and you're just present, you just show up, that is the greatest thing you can do. And people think, oh, it's not enough. I promise you just showing up and and being willing to be uncomfortable and being a part of their journey is the greatest gift you can give them. I agree. I agree. And I think, you know, when you say that what you learned is that in heal- in sharing our stories, we heal ourselves and others. And, and that's really a big part of why grief stories exists is this idea yeah. that sharing our stories is cathartic for us. It helps us understand what's happened to us. And in sharing our story, then we show others they're not alone. We have the courage to share our story, right? Absolutely. And we don't have to apologize for our stories, our our hot, messy stories. We all have them. We're all human and we all have our stories. I, you know, I do not apologize for here. We, you know, nice family and Jordy's a paramedic and uh, I had been divorced and a single parent. And then I, I met Jordy, the love of my life. And he, I, I had Tyler and he adopted Tyler. We had this great family and then twins at 40. Hello. <laughs> That's an accomplishment anyway. And then our son in being ironically very ill prepared for grief in his life, which, you know, you don't know how to teach your children when you don't really know yourself. Uh-huh. And his dreams of being a snowboarder were crushed and and things from his childhood. And, and there was a lot of grief. And he went down this very dangerous road of drugs and addiction. And, and so much of my grief story was being that mom that was mm. 
not able to control this out of control situation and really feeling like, oh my gosh, I do not think I would survive a tragic ending. And thank goodness for me, I'm one of the very fortunate moms who Tyler turned things around. We just showed up for him as much as we could in every way, even when he didn't do it for himself. And, and he has, you know, created a life he loves out West in Kelowna, thank goodness. Uh But he tells us, I mean, he was close to dying more than once and he has had more, probably at least five friends who have died. I mean, this is Uh right. This is how real this was. Terrifying, terrifying. I mean, and that's the thing. Death comes at any age, um, at, you know, any life experience. And and it comes to us all in some way at some time. And sometimes it comes uh, to to us, you know, all at once in a lot of different yeah. ways. And it's that fear of death that has us, I think, pushing people towards professionals. It's our own fear sometimes that gets in the way of showing up for other people because maybe we're afraid that it could happen to us and we don't oh. want to think about that. Or we're afraid that... Um, the feelings are too powerful. We can't we can't be with someone in that much pain, um, yeah. you know. And so it, it it gets in the way of us as as friends and family members showing mm-hmm. up for one another when uh, you know and pushing people towards professionals. And as a professional a social worker myself, I think that there's a place for um, all of us as professionals. But I yeah. think that you're right so much so about saying that it takes a village and. And professionals can't help people alone. People need everyone around them. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And and one hundred percent. I always I always tell people I love therapy. I love social workers. I love having professional help. I it's such an integral part of our journeys along the way. Heck, the I've gone to professionals many times when I've been broken. And and when I shared when I did my TED talk, I was very intentional about saying I've had therapy but Mm -hmm. the truth is and Maureen if you so if you had a client how many hours a week would you see that client Mm -hmm. well yeah and often not even every week right depending on the schedule and so so for the reality of professionals showing up is is a fairly limit even though there's there's some important pieces that can be done there's a limited um uh impact in terms of just that presence like you say in hours per week right hours per week and you're mm-hmm. 24 7 and it's going to be a I mean grief <laughs> I've, I've had so many I, I think oh you're just so cute when people say that they'll call me and say so you know I've been doing this grieving for a while now and I I kind of feel like I should be done and um you know I'm still <laughs> not and I think oh you're so cute yeah <laughs> grief doesn't yeah. Come that way does it I, I, no. I feel like you know, you kind of build your new life around grief. And, and, and the, the greatest thing is to, as you're grieving to allow joy in your life again, maybe like just little snippets in the beginning. And then maybe there's more room for joy as you create more around your grief. It doesn't just go away. So of course your grief is going to outlast the professional help that you're going to Mm -hmm. get, right? Yeah, well, and I often talk about the process of grieving is sort of adapting and learning how to carry your grief. Yeah. And 
you know, when we're carrying something heavy, it helps if there are extra hands. And if those extra hands are there at some of the hardest times of the day and the night and the week and the month, right? Absolutely. And, and, you know, to go back to um, the, the beautiful power of sharing our stories, um, I feel so, there's just so many wonderful lessons I've learned in the last five years and just immersing myself in all of this. And the truth is, is that if you have had a traumatic, tragic story, a loss, whatever, and, and, you know, it, your grief can consume you for life, or you can acknowledge and allow your grief and your process and, and understand that you will be building your new life around it and you'll be carrying it. It just may, the, the hope would be that it doesn't consume you forever. And if you can create something positive from that, then it's not just that tragedy that happened and nothing positive. There's no purpose or positive from it. Mm-hmm. And in carrying and, and in sharing stories, that is a beautiful thing that maybe you'll reach someone else. They'll hear your story and maybe they'll feel like, oh, I am not alone. And I will get through to the other side of this grief that's consuming me and and bring that hope to, mm-hmm. to j- anyone Right. And, and so there's so much power in that. Yeah. And I think, you know, what it sounds like you're saying is that the power is really in the ability to accept the pain as part of the whole package and to spend time with the pain so that you can heal the pain by bringing also joy beside it. Yes. Because feeling joy and comfort again is part of what is healing that allows you to to see the the grief experience as just a part of the fabric of your life yes and not the only color oh my goodness and feeling is healing isn't it (laughs) and when we block the grief and and i believe this when we we won't allow our grief because we we just we, we can't, we don't think we can, you know, handle it. It's too intense by feeling it, the, the intenseness of it, the intensity of it will diffuse and maybe there'll be a little crack in it where joy can come in because grief and joy can coexist. Mm-hmm. Grief yeah. and joy can coexist, but if you're blocking all the hard feelings, the good feelings won't be able to get in either. Yeah. Yeah. And so what it sounds like to me is that people who are not helping professionals need to know that, um, that they don't need to fix the pain. They just need to be able to be able to sit in the pain with the person to be able to tolerate it with them because they love and care about the person that they want to support. They don't have to know anything else other than that. They love the person and want to be with them even when it's hard. Oh my goodness. I, (laughs) Absolutely. And I just love, there were times when I remember supervising at one hospital and people said, oh, you know, some of this family is all falling apart. Their loved one just died. And and these were nurses that were taking care of this patient for weeks and, and they were too uncomfortable to go in with the grieving family. And they'd say, let's get Yvonne. She's, she's so good at this stuff. And I'd be like, you know, I'll go in, I'll handle this. Do you know what I did when I went in? <laughs> I would probably start crying and uh-huh. everybody and saying, oh, this is so sad and how long were you married and Mm -hmm. with no attachment right like and and I would ask I like that's the other thing we can just ask 
when people say, I don't know what to say, I I don't know what to do. And just say that. And then (laughs) say, I am here with you. I am here to listen. I am here to sit quietly. I, this is hard. It's okay (laughs) to allow our humanness, yours and theirs. Mm -hmm. Right. There was no secret. I just cried and hugged a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Or I'm here, I'm here to wash the dishes because you can't do it today. It's too much. I'm here to rake the leaves or walk the dog or, or get some groceries or whatever needs doing. I'm just here to notice it and do it. Right. Yes. Because the thing is, and the truth is when you're consumed by your grief, especially in the beginning, I mean, it's hard enough to even get out of bed and the rest of life doesn't stop right? Your dog still has to be fed and go for a pee and it'd be good to get your garbage out and your walkway get has to be shoveled. And here's a beautiful thing. And I know you're going to love this and you're going to share this. In one of the talks I did, this beautiful woman said she was just so heartbroken when her father died and she had to go to his house and it was the middle of winter and winter here, you know, we have six, we have real winter. We have like six feet of snow. (laughs) And, and so she knew she had to go to her dad's and she'd have to shovel and she was just didn't want to do it. When she arrived at the house, the path and the stairs and the had been shoveled and there was a little note. Oh, I, I get choked up every time I say this. It said, I shoveled the walkway in memory of your dad. Mm, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. That's so simple yep. and beautiful in memory of your dad. Like, yeah. how, right? Yeah. And that's how anybody can show up and support someone when they're grieving. Those are, you know, all the little ways that we can be present. Um, uh, without needing to be a professional with any specialized knowledge or skill or experience, yeah. right? We just we just show up and be present and do what we can because do we can. what you can. And that's and people have said to me, "Well, I don't want to sit there and cry with them." I'm too. I said, "Then then go empty their garbage, <laughs> like yeah. Right? Then yeah. then go drive their kids to wherever. Then go do some. Do it's always better to do or say something than to do or say nothing." Right. Yeah, I agree. I I also think, you know, that point about what you just said about um, I can't just I can't show up and cry with them. um, And your idea of, okay, then go take out the garbage is also the way that you show up doesn't have to be anything outside of being authentically you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I promise those small acts of kindness can make the difference. Can make the difference for someone. It it doesn't have to be a grand gesture. It doesn't have to take a lot of time. It doesn't have to take a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Right? It's just lead with your heart and just show up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Well, this is, this I think is such a important topic for people to hear about, learn about, think about, and then take out there in the world and, and, put into action. So thank you so much for joining me to talk about this today. Well, you are so welcome. And if I could just squeeze in one more point about just showing up, because here's another thing that we just, we just get consumed by guilt. If you didn't just show up in the past, forgive yourself, ask Mm. for forgiveness if you need to and do it differently next time. 
Yeah, I think that's so, so important. Um, and we, it comes back to that idea of sharing stories to heal yourself and others, is that holding the same kind of compassion that you would hold for your best friend or your loved one mm. for yourself. Yes. And for, forgiveness so is a really part of that. Yeah. Huge. Yep. Huge. And it's never, it's never too late to call someone and say, you know what? I really wish I would have just showed up for you eight years ago when mm -hmm. your loved one died. And I, and I, this is what I would do. And I'm so sorry I didn't, whatever, just do it. Right. Mm -hmm. like, be, be compassionate with yourself. <laughs> yeah. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of showing up. I, I, I like that idea too, that it's never too late. If you, if you're still drawing breath, there's time. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We, we always can give ourselves today's a new day, a second chance, a different chance, a new chance. And we're all human. We've all done things that we wish we had done differently. I have a long list of those things. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, um, and, and now and the future is what we have to, you know, so what could you do differently? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the longer we live, the more the list grows. And uh, yeah. Um, but then the more opportunity there is to make amends or, or, uh, or find a new pattern. Right? That's right. So. And the longer and the more we will experience grief and the more we will experience joy and just always allow the joy, even in the grief, you know, you just always allow the joy. Yeah. I like to say that your heart has room for both. Mm, I love that. Oh, I'm stealing that, Maureen. I, like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think these conversations are going to be full of little nuggets like that to, that we that we share with each other and, yeah. and take away. So that's beautiful. And, and I really thank you for joining me for this conversation today, Yvonne. My pleasure. And thank you for just showing up for people by sharing these conversations. And, and anyone is welcome to uh, connect with me and they can, my website, loveyourlifetodeath.com. There's tips and stuff and reach out anytime. I'm, I'm in this to, we're all in this together. Yeah. And we'll put, um, we'll put a link to your stuff on our stuff as well. Beautiful. Thank you for listening to the Grief Stories podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Pollard. Please remember that grief is universal, but every person's experience of grief is unique. While our interviews are intended to help listeners feel validation and reassurance, we know that this story might be different from your own. Please visit our website, griefstories.org, for more stories of hope and healing. Mm -hmm.